Hello, adventurers, and welcome to the World of Azuria podcast. My name is Beth Ball, and I'm the author of the Age of Azuria High Fantasy series, which we'll be exploring in this podcast. In some episodes, we'll be swept away into the high fantasy world of Azuria as I read chapters from the novels and stories. In others, we'll dive into some of the lore behind Azuria and, I hope, answer your questions about the world, characters, and more. If you enjoy high fantasy worlds, immersive settings, nature-based magic, and vivid characters, then this podcast is for you. In our first season, we'll explore Aurora, the prequel novella for the Age of Azuria high fantasy series. If you would like a free copy of Aurora, a free ebook, you can find one on bethballbooks.com slash join. Um, so let's start our adventure. Aurora, an Age of Azuria novella by Beth Ball. It began at a dance, Doric would recount for years afterward, as these stories often do. He and the other elven diplomats had gathered in the courtyard beside the gardens to make their grand entrance. Flowers exhaled sun-warmed pollens, tempting traveling elves and bees with their heady aromas. Doric had traveled from Thiles Thamor, a city embedded in the forest, but the mingling of sharp and subtle florals on the sea air brought back memories of Inve Alinor, his childhood home. Moments of laughter, of reading by the docks, of gazing out at the sea. Six weeks had passed on the infinite ocean, sailing vast expanses of practically uncharted waters toward the sunny shores of Caldara, but they had arrived at last. Linolin was a small kingdom, and quite young, only a century or so older than his own grandparents, but its crown prince had great plans for his city-state's future and aimed to make it a presence felt on the world stage. Their captain had docked the fine elven craft in the estate's natural harbor, and Prince Arontis himself had greeted the delegation on the dock and ushered them to the estate, its white stone and glass exterior winking brightly at them as the sun tiptoed toward the horizon. Now, feasts, revelry, and new acquaintances awaited them. The ballroom swirled with color, gemstones flashing as men and women paraded across the dance floor in fine evening dress. A twirl of sapphire and gold swept past Doric, accompanied by a fragrance that took him a moment to place. Gardenia. The human woman's long, loose curls performed a waltz of their own as she spun across the floor, each tendril of golden hair bouncing in time to the enchanting symphony. Her partner, an elderly gentleman, was far from her equal as a dancer, yet the two looked happy together. The adagio rose to a crescendo, and the couple drew closer, then apart, bowing with the final chords. Gloved hands patted together, muted applause for the court's musicians. The two parted, and the older man walked away. Doric bowed low with a flourish before him. Doric Thimir, at your service, sir. The man's bushy eyebrows muted any surprise he might otherwise have expressed at such a blunt introduction. But what were grand balls for, if not to meet and be met? "'Master Ketch,' he smiled and bowed his head. "'Though you may, of course, call me Lawrence, if you like. "'No one else does.' "'His eerily pale blue eyes twinkled. "'Doric laughed. "'Perhaps Master Ketch would be best, then, for the time being.' "'Quite so, quite so.' "'Lawrence grinned again and gallantly offered Doric his elbow "'to show him over to the drinks table. "'Crystal goblets held sparkling beverages of pale gold, "'and shades of orange glinted off the glass faces "'with the deepening light outdoors.' "'May I ask how you find linolin thus far, Master Elf?' "'Very engaging, sir. 
In other circumstances, I might add that first impressions of a place can be deceiving, but I have an unshakable feeling that Linolin is just as captivating as it has thus far appeared to be. The laughter of Master Catch's dance partner bounded toward him from across the finely appointed hall. The marble flooring was inlaid with lapis lazuli, and the ceiling was painted the palest sky blue and gold. The curving white walls and mirrored doors shimmered, and wide terraces opened onto another branch of the estate's gardens, allowing the sea air to drift in and among the guests. "'Pardon me,' Doric shook his head. "'It's just that the appointment of this room—' "'I have traveled through many human settlements, some as old as Thiles Thamor, others barely settled. It is not often that I have encountered such—is hmm, modest elegance the best phrase?' Lawrence nodded, gazing around the room, forehead wrinkled to raise his brows above his drooping lids. "'To speak more directly, sir, I have never been any farther north of this side of the world than Serenia, which isn't really north at all. I find it absolutely enchanting.' Doric sighed, turning to take in the movement of the room alongside his new acquaintance. "'Her name is Amelie, Lady Amelie Amastasia, soon to be a duchess.' The sparkling bubbles in Doric's drink nearly choked him. Pardon? He muffled his cough with the cuff of his sleeve. Lawrence chuckled. The woman you've been staring after, Lady Amastasia, one of the brightest jewels of our court. I, um, <clears throat> yes, thank you. She's quite beautiful. My apologies, I mean no disrespect. I did not perceive any, my young friend. A teasing grin played out in the man's bright eyes. Surely he knew of the long-lived nature of the elves. Even if Lawrence was one hundred, he would be only half the age of the youngest diplomat present. Lawrence sipped his champagne. This is her family's estate, you see, Aurora. Though her husband, that man over there, he indicated a cluster of human men in their late and early middle years, has his sights set on expanding their fortunes even further with more profitable properties. Doric's heart slumped against the wall and slid to the floor. He bit the inside of his lip. Her husband, which one did you say he was? Ah, yes, they do look rather alike from here. That one, he nodded again, with a slightly yellowing complexion and frown. The man Lawrence indicated had a severe look and calculating eyes. He leaned forward, arguing with his companions. Thank you, Lawrence. I appreciate it. Might I find you again later in the evening as I make the rounds? I would appreciate that, Dwork the Mier. The elderly man patted Dwork's arm and wandered away to investigate the selection of cheeses. A pleasant fellow. Had he meant the comment about the soon to be Duchess as a warning? If so, the intent hadn't been unkind. Any desire of that sort on his part was impractical, travelling as he did, and it would take the council several years to nurture a new diplomat and raise them to even half his level of expertise. The woman, Lady Amastasia, glanced in her husband's direction now and again, but, as far as he could tell, those looks were never returned. Doric mingled among several of the other nobles and their guests. Each person he met was charming, and they were all easily amazed by any mention or tale of the world beyond their own borders. Did this court not travel? Each conversation pulled him closer to the beautiful young woman. As Doric watched, a man with brown hair and a full beard whisked the woman's friend away across the floor, and she was left alone. Her eyes flashed in his direction, the blue of the summer sky ringed by the blue of the open sea, and Doric was at her side. He bowed deeply and then extended his hand to take hers. Might I ask you to dance, Lady Amastasia? A bright smile, like he was the first to request this honor. 
full lips, mauve, and a slight flush against her beige skin. You may, sir, though I haven't the pleasure of knowing your name, as you know mine. Dorick gently squeezed her proffered hand and led her out onto the dance floor. They joined the group of dancers near her friend. Her long fingers fit perfectly inside his. Is it not a diplomat's business to learn such things? The music began, and he pulled her closer, her waist warm through the silk of her gown. It very well may be, she said, a closed-lipped smile. And do you claim such motivations for yourself? I do, dear lady, though I could not in good faith promise that my happening upon such knowledge was motivated by duty alone. Amelie laughed as she twirled away to another partner, as the dance required. Dork took the arm of an older woman with graying hair for their turn about the room. What might Lady Amastasia say in response? Would she be offended? He ought to say something to the woman beside him, or at least inquire her name. He turned to speak, but the chorus resumed. His new partner winked at him as they parted, and Amelie reappeared. He took her hand once more. However uncomfortable, he would wait for her to speak. Her eyes evaluated him behind long lashes. Curious, but not disapproving. Likely elves were as foreign to her as they seemed to be to the rest of the court. Suddenly Amelie stiffened, her back rigid and hand tensed. Doric spun her around. Her husband had looked at her at last. Doric twirled her once more, back to face the opposite end of the ballroom from where her spouse stood in his cluster. My name is Doric the Mere, Lady Amastasia. A slight nod in response. The ease and laughter had left her eyes. I understand this is your family's estate? She nodded again. I'm sure you've heard this before, countless times tonight even, but I must say, it's breathtaking, and with its own harbor, a fine location indeed. Finally, she answered him. Aurora is a gorgeous estate, Master Thimir, I thank you. We are honored to host His Majesty's esteemed guests from faraway lands. Her smile didn't reach her eyes. Doric, my lady, is fine. He squeezed her hand. They were back near her friend. And when you say we, do you speak of the Duke and Duchess Amastasia? I would be delighted to meet your undoubtedly kind and generous parents. Amelie shook her head. I'm afraid they've remained at the castle in Linolin, Io Keep. The journey is too far for them, and they are not well. My son and his nurse have remained at the capital as well. I did not realize you had a son, lady. Dork sighed. As a younger man, he had dreamt of having children, but after his parents passed, his people were better served by his travels. How splendid. He must be quite young. May I ask his name? Bruden. He's just turned three. Her shoulders had relaxed, and the gracefulness of her earlier movements returned. Wonderful. Dork smiled at her. What a lucky young lad. Does he take after you? He pictured a blue-eyed baby with golden blonde curls poking out across his scalp. Amelie's smile blossomed into a delicate chuckle. Speaking honestly, no, not greatly. She shook her head, still grinning. He's a portly baby, and not the most active or curious, despite a wide variety of possible amusements. But overall, he does seem happy, as far as one can tell. He does not speak often, either, only to myself and his nurse. Ah, uh, but what beyond happiness can we ask of the very small? That's true, Amelie frowned. I would add wellness to happiness. She had mentioned her parents' ill health. Was that a concern for the child as well? To reassure her on that front would be presumptuous, but it seemed unlikely she would have been asked to host a diplomatic party if her child were gravely ill. 
Doric grumbled inwardly, again unable to find the appropriate words as the song came to a close. This was his profession, knowing what to say and when to say it, in whichever situation he found himself. He bowed and kissed the back of the lady's gloved hand. Until next time, Lady Amastasia. Doric spent the remainder of the evening among other members of Lenolin's nobility. He took care to dance with each woman of the court, spending several songs with the kind-hearted Duchess Doramir, whom he had met during his first dance with Amélie. One of the stewards, he couldn't recall which, informed him that her husband had passed a few years prior. The gentlemen of Lenolin's court often left her to herself, which seemed unfitting, and so Doric took it upon himself to see that she had company and entertainment. Amélie's friend, Lady Aurelia Adamar, found him the next morning on his way outside to explore the grounds. "'We would be most happy for you to join us,' Aurelia said as he offered her his arm. "'Amélie will be down in a moment, and my husband, Frederick, is tending to our son this morning. The lad has been absolutely insistent about visiting the fish pond.' Doric chuckled. "'What a delightful desire to attend to the fish. Undoubtedly, they deserve collars as much as anyone else. How old is your son?' "'Kind of you to ask. He will turn two this winter.' Amelie arrived at the foot of the staircase and waved to her friend, picking up her skirts to hurry and join them. "'A year and a half younger than Bruden, then,' Doric said with a glance toward Amelie. "'Yes, precisely,' Aurelia smiled brightly. "'You really couldn't ask for a better tour guide of Aurora,' she nodded to Amelie as she arrived. "'I doubt that anyone loves it more or knows it better.' She's exaggerating, Amelie said. But yes, Master Thimier, do join us. Doric, please, your ladyship, and while I do not wish to intrude on your morning together, so long as I have your mutual invitation, I would be most honored. He offered an elbow to Amelie as well, and skipped forward, much to Aurelia's amusement. Lady Adamar, I must confess that I am exceedingly curious about your own favorite aspect of your friend's estate. Though you are not as freshly arrived as myself, you do know what it is to look on its beauty with new eyes. Would you lead the first part of our tour? Aurelia consented gladly and guided the party out to the terraces and around to the ocean-facing portion of the estate. Beyond the extensive gardens and kept grounds, Aurora was surrounded on three sides by dense forest, and the fourth looked out on fields of wild flowers atop low cliffs that fell away to the sea. They followed a well-kept gravel trail that wove along the edge of the forest to the beach. A gray and brown stone house emerged from the woods on the right, overlooking a modest pond. "'I would never have guessed this was here,' Doric said." He dropped their arms to approach, running his fingers along the cool, slightly porous surface of the stone. Peering through the fine windows, he could see that the floors were made of large oak beams, and the interior echoed the varying azure shades of the main house, though it was more modest in its choice of furnishings. It suits the estate well, though it feels, if you'll pardon me, Lady Amastasia, more like a home. Aurelia beamed at her friend and urged her forward. Amelie returned a playful look of reproach to Aurelia and came to stand beside Doric. "'It's my favorite part of the property,' she said in a soothing alto. From their short meeting the day before, he had remembered her voice being higher in register. "'My mother and I spent the summers here while father was at court. We didn't need the grand house for only the two of us, and she preferred the proximity to the sea.' Now that she had mentioned it, the roll and crash of the ocean further beyond them echoed in this small forest clearing." It had been only a distant whisper at the main estate. "'I find the song of the sea very soothing,' Doric replied. "'I grew up near the ocean, hearing the tides come in and out, but moved further inland when I was older.' He shook his head. 
He needn't bore these two noble women with his tales from the realms. Might we see inside then, Lady Amastasia, if that would be possible? It hasn't been tended to in some time. Amelie bit her lip, looking sideways at Aurelia. That won't bother me in the least, though of course my wish is for you to be comfortable in your own home. I hope it will not entirely compromise your opinion of my observations thus far, but I am inclined to see beauty in all I have the fortune to gaze upon. Life is too complex, too varied, to seek out and magnify tiny flaws. Amelie smiled at this, opened the door, and gestured for Dork to step inside ahead of her. A fine receiving hall with a cast-iron chandelier greeted him. On the left, it opened onto a sitting area and split in two directions beyond. He guessed to a few bedrooms on one side and a kitchen on the other. Above, behind the chandelier, an intricate handrail protected a walkway for the second story and led to row upon row of books. Dork spun in a slow circle, taking in the home's dark wooden inner columns and pale blue paint. I can see why you love it so much. Is the entire second floor a library? It is, yes. Many of the books are out of place at the moment. We took a selection to the main house in anticipation of so many guests arriving. Might I see it? I am fond of personal libraries. I have a small collection myself, and I would love to fully picture a young lady of Linolin in her summer home, surrounded by books and the sounds of the sea. The color rose in Amelie's cheeks, and she glanced at the floor. Aurelia wandered past one of the windows outside, humming. Yes, of course, Doric. The stairs are just through there. She pointed to the right-hand side of the hallway. His heart leapt at the sound of his name on her lips. You've studied Elvish, haven't you? he asked from halfway up the stairs. Her eyes widened. I have, yes. How did you know? The slight trill you caught with the double R of my name, Lady Amastasia. He switched to Elvish. You captured it effortlessly. She replied in beautiful, hesitant Elvish. I have spent many years studying your people's tongue, though I am afraid you overestimate my talents. On the contrary, Lady Amastasia, he switched back to Kaldaren. I am afraid I had not held them in high enough esteem, a failing on my part I hadn't believed possible. He dashed up the stairs without allowing himself to look back at her expression. So that was chapter one of Aurora, the prequel novella for the Age of Azuria high fantasy series. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode through Aurora and the world of Azuria. If you'd like to find out more about me or my fiction, you can find me at bethballbooks.com, B-E-T-H-B-A-L-L-B-O-O-K-S.com. You can also find my books worldwide at your favorite bookstore or ask your local librarian to add them to the library catalog. To stay up to date with the world of Azuria and be the first to know about upcoming fiction projects, visit bethballbooks.com join. I would love for you to be part of my reading community, The Story Enclave, and as a special thank you, for a limited time, you'll receive a free ebook copy of Aurora when you sign up. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at bethballauthor or on Twitter at groveguardian. Today's episode is sponsored by the first novel in the Age of Azuria high fantasy series, Buried Heroes, available at bethballbooks.com or at your favorite bookseller. Tune in to episode two for chapter two of Aurora. Happy travels, and I hope that we'll be adventuring together again soon. <laughs>